AI Timelines By Habrica, Daniel Coco Tilo, Ajaya Kotra et al. This post is a dialogue. Introduction How many years will pass before transformative AI is built? Three people who have thought a lot about this question are Ajaya Kotra from Open Philanthropy, Daniel Coco Tilo from OpenAI and Ej Erdil from Epoch. They have each spent hundreds of hours researching and forecasting when we might see very large impacts from AI development, but they substantially disagree about the relevant timescales. For instance, here are their median timelines for one operationalization of transformative AI. There's a table here in the text. This table has no heading row. You can see the strength of their disagreements in the graphs below, where they give very different probability distributions over two questions relating to AGI development. In what year would AI systems be able to replace 99% of current fully remote jobs? There's an image here in the text. In what year will the energy consumption of humanity or its descendants be 1000x greater than now? There's an image here, with the caption. Median indicated by small dotted line. Note that each median is outside of the bounds at 2177. So I invited them to have a conversation about where their disagreements lie. We sat down for three hours to write a dialogue. You can read the discussion below, from which I personally learned a lot. The dialogue is roughly split in two, with the first part focusing on disagreements between Ajaya and Daniel, and the second part focusing on disagreements between Daniel Ajaya and Ej. I'll now summarize the discussion, but you can also jump straight in. Heading. Summary of the dialogue. Subheading. Some background on their models. Ajaya and Daniel are using a compute-centric model for their AI forecasts, illustrated by Ajaya's draft AI timelines report, and Tom Davidson's takeoff model where the question of when transformative AI gets reduced to how much compute is necessary to get AGI and when will we have that much compute? Modeling algorithmic advances as reductions in necessary compute. Whereas each thinks such models should have a lot of weight in our forecasts, but that they likely miss important considerations and doesn't have enough evidence to justify the extraordinary predictions it makes. Subheading. Habrica's overview of Ajaya and Daniel discussion. Ajaya thinks translating AI capabilities into commercial applications has gone slower than expected. It seems like 2023 brought the level of cool products I was naively picturing in 2021, and similarly thinks there will be a lot of kinks to figure out before AI systems can substantially accelerate AI development. Daniel agrees that impactful commercial applications have been slower than expected, but also thinks that the parts that made that slow can be automated substantially, and that a lot of the complexity comes from shipping something that can be useful to general consumers, and that for applications internal to the company, these capabilities can be unlocked faster. Compute overhangs also play a big role in the differences between Ajaya and Daniel's timelines. There is currently substantial room to scale up AI by just spending more money on readily available compute. However, within a few years, increasing the amount of training compute further will require accelerating the semiconductor supply chain, which probably can't be easily achieved by just spending more money. This creates a compute overhang that accelerates AI progress substantially in the short run. Daniel thinks it's more likely than not that we will get transformative AI before this compute overhang is exhausted. Ajaya thinks that is plausible, but overall it's more likely to happen after, which broadens her timelines quite a bit. These disagreements probably explain some, but not most of the differences in the timelines for Daniel and Ajaya. Subheading. 
Habrika's overview of Ej and Ajaya a Daniel discussion. Ej thinks that Daniel's forecast leaves very little room for Hofstadter's law, it always takes longer than you expect, even when you take into account Hofstadter's law, and in general that there will be a bunch of unexpected things that go wrong on the path to transformative AI. Daniel thinks that Hofstadter's law is inappropriate for trend extrapolation. That is it doesn't make sense to look at Moore's law and be like, ah. And because of planning fallacy the slope of this graph from today is half of what it was previously. Both Ej and Ajaya don't expect a large increase in transfer learning ability in the next few years. For Ej this matters a lot because it's one of the top reasons why AI will not speed up the economy and AI development that much. Ajaya thinks we can probably speed up AI R and D anyways by making AI that doesn't have transfer as good as humans, but is just really good at ML engineering and AI R and D because it was directly trained to be. Ej expects that AI will have a large effect on the economy, but has substantial probability on persistent deficiencies that prevent AI from fully automating AI, R, and D, or very substantially accelerating semiconductor progress. Overall, whether AI will get substantially better at transfer learning, for example seeing an AI be trained on one genre of video game and then very quickly learn to play another genre of video game would update all participants substantially towards shorter timelines. We ended the dialogue with Ajaya, Daniel and Ej by putting numbers on how much various AGI milestones would cause them to update their timelines, with the concrete milestones proposed by Daniel. Time constraints made it hard to go into as much depth as we would have liked, but me and Daniel are excited about fleshing more concrete scenarios of how AGI could play out and then collecting more data, on how people would update in such scenarios. Heading. The Dialogue. Habrika. Daniel, Ajayer, and Edge all seem to disagree quite substantially on the question of how soon is AI going to be a really big deal? So today we set aside a few hours to try to dig into that disagreement and what the most likely cruxes between your perspectives might be. To keep things grounded and to make sure we don't misunderstand each other, we will be starting with two reasonably well-operationalized questions. 1. In what year would AI systems be able to replace 99% of current fully remote jobs? With operationalizations stolen from an AI forecasting slide deck that Ajayer shared. 2. In what year will the energy consumption of humanity or its descendants be 1000x greater than now? These are of course both very far from a perfect operationalization of AI risk, and I think for most people both of these questions are farther off than their answer to how long are your timelines, but my guess is it will be good enough to elicit most of the differences in y'all's models and make it clear that there is indeed disagreement. Subheading. Visual probability distributions. To start us off, here are two graphs of y'all's probability distributions. There's an image here, with the caption. When will 99% of fully remote jobs be automated? There's an image here, with the caption. When will we consume 1000x energy? Subheading. Opening statements. Okay, so let's get started. What is your guess about which belief of yours the other two most disagree with, that might explain some of the divergence in your forecasts? Subheading. Daniel. Daniel Coco Tylo. I don't understand Edge's views very well at all yet, so I don't have much to say there. By contrast, I have a lot to say about where I disagree with Ajayer. In brief, my training compute requirements distribution is centered a few orders of magnitude lower than Ajayers is. 
why? For many reasons, but, a, I am much less enthusiastic about the comparison to the human brain than she is, or than I used to be, and, b, I am less enthusiastic about the horizon length hypothesis slash I think that large amounts of training on short horizon tasks combined with small amounts of training on long horizon tasks will work, after a few years of tinkering maybe. Habrica. Daniel. Just to clarify, it sounds like you approximately agree with a compute-focused approach of AI forecasting? As in, the key variable to forecast is how much compute is necessary to get AGI, with maybe some adjustment for algorithmic progress, but not a ton? How do things like AIs get good at different horizon lengths play into this, which you were also mentioning as one of the potential domains of disagreement? For readers. The horizon length hypothesis is that the longer the, the feedback loops for a task are, the harder it is for an AI to get good at this task. Balancing a broom on one end has feedback loops of less than a second. The task of running a company has month-to-year-long feedback loops. The hypothesis is that we need much more compute to get AIs that are better at the second than the first. See also Richard Ngo's TAGI framework which posits that the domain in which AI is generally intelligence will gradually expand from short-time horizons to long-time horizons. Daniel Coco Tylo Yep, I think Ajayer's model, especially the version of it expanded by Davidson and Epic, is our best current model of AGI timelines and takeoff speeds. I have lots to critique about it, but it's basically my starting point. And I am qualified to say this, so to speak, because I actually did consider about a half dozen different models back in 2020 when I was first starting to research the topic and form my own independent impressions, and the more I thought about it the more I thought the other models were worse. Examples of other models. Polling AI scientists, extrapolating gross world product, GWP, a la Rudman, deferring to what the stock markets imply, Hansen's weird fractional progress model thingy the semi-informative prior models. I still put some weight on those other models, but not much. As for the horizon lengths question. This feeds into the training compute requirements variable. IIRC Ajayer's original model had different buckets for short, medium, and long horizon, where for example medium horizon bucket meant roughly yeah we'll be doing a combo of short horizon and long horizon training, but on average it'll be medium horizon training such that the compute costs will be for example, inference flops, asterisk, many trillions of data points, as per scaling laws applied to bigger-than-human brain models, asterisk, four to six orders of magnitude of seconds of subjective experience per data point. On average? So Ajayer had most of her mass on the medium and long-horizon buckets, whereas I was much more bullish that the bulk of the training could be short-horizon with just a cherry on top of long-horizon. Quantitatively I was thinking something like, say you have 100 T data points of next moment prediction as part of your short horizon pre-training. I claim that you can probably get away with merely 100 M data points of million second long tasks, or less. For some intuitions why I think this, it may help to read this post and or this comment thread. Subheading. Each. Each Erdil. I think my specific disagreements with Ajayer and Daniel might be a little different, but an important meta-level point is my general skepticism of arguments that imply wild conclusions. This becomes especially relevant with predictions of a three-order-of-magnitude increase in our energy consumption in the next 10 or 20 years. 
It's possible to tell a compelling story about why that might happen, but also possible to do the opposite, and judging how convincing those arguments should be is difficult for me. Daniel Coco Tylo. Okay, in response to Edge, I guess we disagree about this that conclusion is wild therefore unlikely factor. I think for things like this it's a pretty poor guide to truth relative to other techniques, for example models, debates between people with different views, model-based debates between people with different views, I'm not sure how to make progress on resolving this crux. Edge, you say it's mostly in play for the 1000x energy consumption thing. Want to focus on discussing the other question instead? Edge Erdil. Sure, discussing the other question first is fine. I'm not sure why you think heuristics like, I don't update as much on specific arguments because I'm skeptical of my ability to do so, are ineffective, though. For example, this seems like it goes against the fractional Kelly betting heuristic from this post, which I would endorse in general. You want to defer to the market to some extent because your model has a good chance of being wrong. I don't know if it's worth going down this tangent right now, though, so it's probably more productive to focus on the first question for now. I think my wider distribution on the first question is also affected by the same high-level heuristic, though to a lesser extent. In some sense, if I were to fully condition on the kind of compute-based model that you and Ajayar seem to have about how AI is likely to develop, I would probably come up with a probability distribution for the first question that more or less agrees with Ajayar's. Habrika. That's interesting. I think digging into that seems good to me. Can you say a bit more about how you are thinking about it at a high level? My guess is you have a bunch of broad heuristics, some of which are kind of like, well, the market doesn't seem to think AGI is happening soon, and then those broaden your probability mass, but I don't know whether that's a decent characterization, and would be interested in knowing more of the heuristics that drive that. Eej Erdil I'm not sure I would put that much weight on the market not thinking it's happening soon, because I think it's actually fairly difficult to tell what market prices would look like if the market did think it was happening soon. Setting aside the point about the market and elaborating on the rest of my views, I would give a 50% chance that in 30 years, I will look back on something like Tom Davidson's takeoff model and say, this model captured all or most of the relevant considerations in predicting how AI development was likely to proceed. For me, that's already a fairly high credence to have in a specific class of models in such an uncertain domain. However, conditional on this framework being importantly wrong, my timelines get substantially longer because I see no other clear path from where we are to AGI if the scaling pathway is not available. There could be other paths, for example large amounts of software progress, but they seem much less compelling. If I thought the takeoff model from Tom Davidson, and some newer versions that I've been working on personally, were basically right, my forecasts would just look pretty similar to the forecasts of that model, and based on my experience with playing around in these models and the parameter ranges I would consider plausible, I think I would just end up agreeing with Ajayar on the first question. Does that explanation make my view somewhat clearer? Habrika. Quoting E. Jerdil. However, conditional on this framework being importantly wrong, my timelines get substantially longer because I see no other clear path from where we are to AGI if the scaling pathway is not available. There could be other paths, for example large amounts of software progress, but they seem much less compelling. This part really helps, I think. 
I would currently characterize your view as okay, maybe all we need is to increase compute scaling and do some things that are strictly easier than that, and so will be done by the time we have enough compute. But if that's wrong, forecasting when we'll get AGI gets much harder, since we don't really have any other concrete candidate hypothesis for how to get to AGI, and that implies a huge amount of uncertainty on when things will happen. E.J. Erdil Quoting Habrica I would currently characterize your view as okay, maybe all we need is to increase compute scaling and do some things that are strictly easier than that, and so will be done by the time we have enough compute. But if that's wrong, forecasting when we'll get AGI gets much harder, since we don't really have any other concrete candidate hypothesis for how to get to AGI, and that implies a huge amount of uncertainty on when things will happen. That's basically right, though I would add the caveat that entropy is relative so it doesn't really make sense to have a more uncertain distribution over when AGI will arrive. You have to somehow pick some typical timescale over which you expect that to happen, and I'm saying that once scaling is out of the equation I would default to longer timescales that would make sense to have for a technology that we think is possible but that we have no concrete plans for achieving on some reasonable timetable. Ajaya Kotra Quoting E. Jerdil. I see no other clear path from where we are to AGI if the scaling pathway is not available. There could be other paths, for example large amounts of software progress, but they seem much less compelling. I think it's worth separating the compute scaling pathway into a few different pathways, or else giving the generic compute scaling pathway more weight because it's so broad. In particular, I think Daniel and I are living in a much more specific world than just lots more compute will help, we're picturing agents built from LLEMS, more or less. That's very different from for example we can simulate evolution. The compute scaling hypothesis encompasses both, as well as lots of Messier in-between worlds. It's pretty much the one paradigm that anyone in the past who was trying to forecast timelines and got anywhere close to predicting when AI would start getting interesting used. Like I think Moravec is looking super good right now. In some sense, we come up with a brilliant insight to do this way more efficiently than nature even when we have very little compute is a hypothesis that should have had less than 50% weight a priori, compared to capabilities will start getting good when we're talking about macroscopic amounts of compute. Or maybe I'd say on priors you could have been 50-50 between things will get more and more interesting the more compute we have access to and things will stubbornly stay super uninteresting even if we have oodles of compute because we're missing deep insights that the compute doesn't help us get. But then when you look around at the world, you should update pretty hard toward the first. Subheading. Ajaya. On Daniel's opening points. I think I actually just agree with both A and B, right now, or rather, I agree that the right question to ask about the training compute requirement is something more along the lines of how many GPTN to GPTN.5 jumps do we think it would take, and that short horizon LLEMS plus tinkering looks more like the default than like one of a few possibilities, where other possibilities included a more intense meta-learning step, which is how it felt in 2019-20. The latter was the biggest adjustment in my updated timelines. That said though, I think two important object-level points push the needed model size and needed amount of tinkering higher in my mind than it is for Daniel. In-context learning does seem pretty bad and doesn't seem to be improving a huge amount. I think we can have TI without really strong human-like in-context learning, but it probably requires more FAF than if we had that out of the gate.
Relatedly, adversarial robustness seems not great right now. This also feels overcomable, but I think it increases the scale that you need. By analogy, like 5 to 10 years ago it seemed like vision systems were good enough for cars except in the long tail slash in adversarial settings, and I think vision systems had to get a fair amount bigger, plus there had to be a lot more tinkering on the cars, to get to now where they're starting to be viable. And then a meta-level point is that I, and IIRC Metaculus, according to my colleague Isabel, have been kind of surprised for the last few years about the lack of cool products built on LLEMS, it seems like 2023 brought the level of cool products I was naively picturing in 2021. I think there's a reality has a lot of detail, actually making stuff work is a huge pain dynamic going on, and it lends credence to the things will probably be fairly continuous heuristic that I already had. A few other meta points. Here's a list of bullet points. The Paul self-driving car bets post was interesting to me, and I place some weight on Daniel as doing the kind of I can see how it would be done so it's only a few years away move that I think doesn't serve as a great guide to what will happen in the real world. Carl is the person who seems like he's been the most right when we've disagreed, so he's probably the one guy whose views I put the most weight on. But also Carl seems like he errs aggressive and errs in the direction of believing people will aggressively pursue the most optimal thing, being more surprised than I was, for a longer period of time, about how people haven't invested more in AI and accomplished more with it by now. His timelines are longer than Daniel's, and I think mine are a bit longer than his. In general, I do count Daniel as among a pretty small set of people who were clearly on record with views more correct than mine in 2020 about both the nature of how TI would be built, LLEMS plus tinkering, and how quickly things would progress. Although it's a bit complicated because 2020 me thought we'd be seeing more powerful LLM products by now. Other people who I think were more right include Carl, Jared Kaplan, Danny Hernandez, Dario, Holden, and Paul. Paul is interesting because I think he both put more weight than I did on it's just LLEMS plus a lot of decomposition and tinkering but also puts more weight than either me or Daniel on things are just hard and annoying and take a long time, this left him with timelines similar to mine in 2020, and maybe a bit longer than mine now. Oh, another point that seems interesting to discuss at some point is that I suspect Daniel generally wants to focus on a weaker endpoint because of some sociological views I disagree with. Screened off by the fact that we were answering the same question about remotable jobs replacement, but I think hard to totally screen off. That's the end of the list. Subheading. On in-context learning as a potential crux. Daniel Coco Tylo. Re, Ajair. Interesting, I thought the biggest adjustment to your timelines was the pre-AGIR and deacceleration modeled by Davidson. That was another disagreement between us originally that ceased being a disagreement once you took that stuff into account. Re-in-context learning. I don't have much to say on this, and I'm curious to hear more. Why do you think it needs to get substantially better in order to reach AGI, and why do you think it's not on track to do so? I'd bet that GPT-4 is way better than GPT-3 at in-context learning for example. Re-adversarial robustness. Same question I guess. My hot take would be, A, 
It's not actually that important, the way forward is not to never make errors in the first place, but rather to notice and recover from them enough that the overall massive parallel society of LLM agents moves forward and makes progress, and, b, adversarial robustness is indeed improving. I'd be curious to hear more, perhaps you have data on how fast it is improving and you extrapolate the trend and think it'll still be sucky by for example, 2030? Reschlepp and incompetence on the part of the AGI industry. Yep, you are right about this, and I was wrong. Your description of Carl also applies to me historically. In the past three years, I've definitely been a this is the fastest way to AGI, therefore at least one of the labs will do it with gusto, kind of guy, and now I see that is wrong. I think basically I fell for the planning fallacy and efficient market hypothesis fallacy. However, I don't think this is the main crux between us, because it basically pushes things back by a few years, it doesn't for example double, on a log scale, the training requirements. My current, updated model of timelines, therefore, is that the bottleneck in the next five years is not necessarily compute but instead quite plausibly schlep and conviction on the part of the labs. This is tbh a bit of a scary conclusion. Ajaya Kotra Quote. Re. In context learning, I don't have much to say on this and am curious to hear more. Why do you think it needs to get substantially better in order to reach AGI, and why do you think it's not on track to do so? I'd bet that GPT-4 is way better than GPT-3 at in-context learning for example. End quote. The traditional image of AGI involves having an AI system that can learn new, to it, skills as efficiently as humans, with as few examples as humans would need to see. I think this is not how the first transformative AI system will look, because ML is less sample efficient than humans and it doesn't look like in-context learning is on track to being able to do the kind of fast sample efficient learning that humans do. I think this is not fatal for getting TI, because we can make up for it by A, the fact that LLEMS ancestral memory contains all sorts of useful information about human disciplines that they won't need to learn in context, and B, explicitly guiding the LLM agent to reason out loud about what lessons it should take away from its observations and putting those in an external memory it retrieves from, or similar. I think back when Eliezer was saying that stack more layers wouldn't get us to AGI, this is one of the kinds of things he was pointing to. That cognitively, these systems didn't have the kind of learning-slash-reflecting flexibility that you'd think of re-AGI. When people were talking about GPT-3's in-context learning, I thought that was one of the weakest claims by far about its impressiveness. The in-context learning at the time was like, you give it a couple of examples of translating English to French, and then you give it an English sentence, and it dutifully translate that into French. It already knew English and it already knew French, from its ancestral memory, and the thing it learned was that the game it was currently playing was to translate from English to French. I agree that 4 is a lot better than 3, for example, you can teach 4 new games like French Toast or Hitler and it will play them, unless it already knows that game, which is plausible. But compared to any object-level skill like coding, many of which are superhuman, in-context learning seems quite subhuman. I think this is related to how ARC eval's LLM agents kind of fell over doing things like setting up Bitcoin wallets. 
Like Eliezer often says, humans evolved to hunt antelope on the savanna, and that very same genetics coding for the very same brain can build rockets and run companies. Our LLEMS right now generalize further from their training distribution than skeptics in 2020 would have said, and they're generalizing further and further as they get bigger, but they have nothing like the kind of savanna to boardroom generalization we have. This can create lots of little issues in lots of places when an LLM will need to digest some new-to-it development and do something intelligent with it. Importantly, I don't think this is going to stop LLM agent-based TI from happening, but it's one concrete limitation that pushes me to thinking we'll need more scale or more schlep than it looks like we'll need before taking this into account. Adversarial robustness, which I'll reply to in another comment, is similar. A concrete hindrance that isn't fatal but is one reason I think we'll need more scale and schlep than it seems like Daniel does, despite agreeing with his concrete counterarguments of the form we can handle it through X countermeasure. Daniel Coco Tylo. Re, Ajayer. Thanks for that lengthy reply. I think I'll have to ponder it for a bit. Right now, I'm stuck with a feeling that we agree qualitatively but disagree quantitatively. Ej Erdil. Quoting Ajaya Kotra. I think it's worth separating the compute scaling pathway into a few different pathways, or else giving the generic compute scaling pathway more weight because it's so broad. In particular, I think Daniel and I are living in a much more specific world than just lots more compute will help, we're picturing agents built from LLEMS, more or less. That's very different from for example we can simulate evolution. The compute scaling hypothesis encompasses both, as well as lots of Messier in-between worlds. I think it's fine to incorporate these uncertainties as a wider prior over the training compute requirements, and I also agree it's a reason to put more weight on this broad class of models than you otherwise would, but I still don't find these reasons compelling enough to go significantly above 50%. It just seems pretty plausible to me that we're missing something important, even if any specific thing we can name is unlikely to be what we're missing. To give one example, I initially thought that the evolution anchor from the bio-anchors report looked quite solid as an upper bound, but I realized some time after that it doesn't actually have an appropriate anthropic correction and this could potentially mess things up. I now think if you work out the details this correction turns out to be inconsequential, but it didn't have to be like that. This is just a consideration that I missed when I first considered the argument. I suppose I would say I don't see a reason to trust my own reasoning abilities as much as you two seem to trust yours. Quote. The compute scaling hypothesis is much broader, and it's pretty much the one paradigm that anyone in the past who was trying to forecast timelines and got anywhere close to predicting when AI would start getting interesting used. Like I think Moravec is looking super good right now. End quote. My impression is that Moravec predicted in 1988 that we would have AI systems comparable to the human brain in performance around 2010. If this actually happens around 2037, your median timelines, Moravec's forecast will have been off by around a factor of 2 in terms of the time differential from when he made the forecast. That doesn't seem super good to me. Maybe I'm wrong about exactly what Moravec predicted, I didn't read his book and my knowledge is secondhand. In any event, I would appreciate getting some more detail from you about why you think he looks good. Quoting Ajaya Kotra. 
Or maybe I'd say on priors you could have been 50-50 between things will get more and more interesting the more compute we have access to and things will stubbornly stay super uninteresting even if we have oodles of compute because we're missing deep insights that the compute doesn't help us get. But then when you look around at the world, you should update pretty hard toward the first. I agree that if I were considering two models at those extremes, recent developments would update me more toward the former model. However, I don't actually disagree with the abstract claim that things will get more and more interesting the more compute we have access to, I expect more compute to make things more interesting even in worlds where we can't get to AGI by scaling compute. Quoting Ajaya Kotra I agree that 4 is a lot better than 3, for example, you can teach 4 new games like French Toast or Hitler and it will play them, unless it already knows that game, which is plausible. A local remark about this. I've seen a bunch of reports from other people that GPT-4 is essentially unable to play tic-tac-toe, and this is a shortcoming that was highly surprising to me. Given the amount of impressive things it can otherwise do, failing at playing a simple game whose full solution could well be in its training set is really odd. So while I agree, 4 seems better than 3, it still has some bizarre weaknesses that I don't think I understand well. Habrica. Edge. Just to check, GPT-4V vision model presumably can play tic-tac-toe easily? My sense is that this is just one of these situations where tokenization and one-dimensionality of text makes something hard, but it's trivial to get the system to learn it if it's in a more natural representation. Ej Erdil. Quoting Habrica. Just to check, GPT-4V vision model presumably can play tic-tac-toe easily? This random Twitter person says that it can't. Disclaimer. Haven T actually checked for myself. Subheading. Taking into account government slowdown. Habrica. As a quick question, to what degree do y'all's forecasts above take into account governments trying to slow things down and companies intentionally going slower because of risks? Seems like a relevant dimension that's not obviously reflected in usual compute models, and just want to make sure that's not accidentally causing some perceived divergence in people's timelines. Daniel Coco Tylo I am guilty of assuming governments and corporations won't slow things down by more than a year. I think I mostly still endorse this assumption, but I'm hopeful that instead they'll slow things down by several years or more. Historically, I've been arguing with people who disagreed with me on timelines by decades, not years, so it didn't seem important to investigate this assumption. That said I'm happy to say why I still mostly stand by it. Especially if it turns out to be an important crux, for example if Edge or Ajayar think that AGI would probably happen by 2030 absent slowdown. Habrica. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo. That said I'm happy to say why I still mostly stand by it. Cool, might be worth investigating later if it turns out to be a crux. Ej Erdil. Quoting Habrica. As a quick question, to what degree do y'all's forecasts above take into account governments trying to slow things down and companies intentionally going slower because of risks? Seems like a relevant dimension that's not obviously reflected in usual compute models, and just want to make sure that's not accidentally causing some perceived divergence in people's timelines. Responding to Habrica, I do think government regulations, companies slowing down because of risks, 
companies slowing down because they are bad at coordination, capital markets being unable to allocate the large amounts of capital needed for huge training runs for various reasons, etc. could all be important. However, my general heuristic for thinking about the issue is more, there could be a lot of factors I'm missing, and less, I think these specific factors are going to be very important. In terms of the impact of capable AI systems, I would give significantly less than even but still non-negligible odds that these kinds of factors end up limiting the acceleration in economic growth to for example less than an order of magnitude. Ajaya Kotra Quoting Habrika As a quick question, to what degree do y'all's forecasts above take into account governments trying to slow things down and companies intentionally going slower because of risks? I include this in a long tail of things are just slow considerations, although in my mind it's mostly not people making a concerted effort to slow down because of X risk, but rather just the thing that happens to any sufficiently important technology that has a lot of attention on it. A lot of drags due to the increasing number of stakeholders, both drags where companies are less blasé about releasing products because of PR concerns, and drags where governments impose regulations, which I think they would have in any world, with or without the efforts of X-Risk concerned contingent. Habrica Slight meta. I am interested in digging in a bit more to find some possible cruxes between Daniel and Ajayar before going more in-depth between Ajayar and Edge, just to keep the discussion a bit more focused. Subheading. Recursive self-improvement and AI speeding up R&D. Daniel. Just for my own understanding, you have adjusted the compute model to account for some amount of R&D speedup as a result of having more AI researchers. To what degree does that cover classical recursive self-improvements or things in that space? For example, AI systems directly modifying their training process or weights or develop their own pre-processing modules? Or do you expect a feedback loop that's more AI systems do research that roots through humans understanding those insights and being in the loop on implementing them to improve the AI systems? Daniel Coco Tylo When all we had was Ajayar's model, I had to make my own scrappy guess at how to adjust it to account for R and D acceleration due to pre-AGI systems. Now we have Davidson's model, so I mostly go with that. It covers recursive self-improvement as a special case. I expect that to be what the later, steeper part of the curve looks like, basically a million auto-GPTs running in parallel across several data centers, doing AI research, but 10-100x faster than humans would with humans watching the whole thing from the sidelines clapping as metrics go up. The earlier part of the curve looks more like every AGI lab researcher has access to a team of virtual engineers that work at 10x speed and sometimes make dumb mistakes, and then the earliest part of the curve is what we are seeing now, with Copilot and ChatGPT helping engineers move slightly faster. Ajaya Kotra Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo Interesting, I thought the biggest adjustment to your timelines was the pre-AGI R and D acceleration modeled by Davidson. That was another disagreement between us originally that ceased being a disagreement once you took that stuff into account. These are entangled updates. If you're focusing on just how can you accelerate ML R and D a bunch, then it seems less important to be able to handle low feedback loop environments quite different from the training environment. By far the biggest reason I thought we might need longer horizon training was to imbue the skill of efficiently learning very new things, see here. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo.
Right now, I'm stuck with a feeling that we agree qualitatively but disagree quantitatively. I think this is basically right. Quote. Re. Adversarial robustness. Same question I guess. My hot take would be, A, it's not actually that important, the way forward is not to never make errors in the first place but rather to notice and recover from them enough that the overall massive parallel society of LLM agents moves forward and makes progress, and, B, adversarial robustness is indeed improving. I'd be curious to hear more, perhaps you have data on how fast it is improving and you extrapolate the trend and think it'll still be sucky by for example 2030? End quote. I'll give a less lengthy reply here, since structurally it's very similar to in-context learning and has the same agree qualitatively but not quantitatively flavor. For example, I definitely agree that the game is going to be coping with errors and error correction, not never making errors. We re-talking about whether that will take four years or more than four years. Not behaving erratically slash falling over on super weird or adversarial inputs is a higher level of abstraction cognitive skill humans are way better at than LLEMS. LLEMS are improving at this skill with scale, like all skills, and there are ways to address it with schlep and workflow rearrangements, like all problems, and it's unclear how important it is in the first place. But it's plausibly fairly important, and it seems like their current level is not amazing, and the trend is super unclear but not obviously going to make it in four years. In general, when you're talking about will it be four years from now or more than four years from now, uncertainty and FUD on any point, in-context learning, adversarial robustness, market efficiency and schlep pushes you toward more than four years from now, there's little room for it to push in the other direction. Ej Erdil Quote In general, when you're talking about will it be four years from now or more than four years from now, uncertainty and FUD on any point, in-context learning, adversarial robustness, pushes you toward more than four years from now. End quote. I'm curious why Ajayar thinks this claim is true for 4 years, but not true for 20 years, assuming that's an accurate representation of her position, which I'm not too confident about. Ajayar Kotra Quoting E. Jerdil I'm curious why Ajayar thinks this claim is true for 4 years, but not true for 20 years, assuming that's an accurate representation of her position, which I'm not too confident about. I don't think it's insane to believe this to be true of 20 years, but I think we have many more examples of big, difficult, society-wide things happening over 20 years than over four. Daniel Coco Tylo Quick comment re. In context learning and or low data learning, it seems to me that GPT-4 is already pretty good at coding, and a big part of accelerating AI R and D seems very much in reach like. It doesn't seem to me like there is a 10-year, for order of magnitude training flop gap between GPT-4 and a system which is basically a remote working OpenAI engineer that thinks at 10x serial speed. Even if the research scientists are still human, this would speed things up a lot I think. So while I find the abstract arguments about how LLEMS are worse at in-context learning etc. than humans plausible, when I think concretely about AI R and D acceleration it still seems like it's gonna start happening pretty soon, 
and that makes me also update against the abstract argument a bit. Habrica. So, I kind of want to check an assumption. On a compute-focused worldview, I feel a bit confused about how having additional AI engineers helps that much. Like, maybe this is a bit of a strawman, but my vibe is that there hasn't really been much architectural innovation or algorithmic progress in the last few years, and the dominant speedup has come from pouring more compute into existing architectures, with some changes to deal with the scale, but not huge ones. Daniel, could you be more concrete about how a 10x AI engineer actually helps develop AGI? My guess is on a four-year timescale you don't expect it to root through semiconductor supply chain improvements. And then I want to check what Ajayar thinks here and whether something in this space might be a bit of a crux. My model of Ajayar does indeed think that AI systems in the next few years will be impressive, but not really actually that useful for making AI R&D go better, or at least not like orders of magnitude better. Ej Erdil Quoting Habrica Like, maybe this is a bit of a strawman, but my vibe is that there hasn't really been much architectural innovation or algorithmic progress in the last few years, and the dominant speedup has come from pouring more compute into existing architectures, with some changes to deal with the scale, but not huge ones. My best guess is that algorithmic progress has probably continued at a rate of around a doubling of effective compute per year, at least insofar as you buy that one-dimensional model of algorithmic progress. Again, model uncertainty is a significant part of my overall view about this, but I think it's not accurate to say there hasn't been much algorithmic progress in the last few years. It's just significantly slower than the pace at which we're scaling up compute so it looks relatively less impressive. Daniel, Ajayar plus one this comment. Habrica. I was modeling one doubling a year is approximately not very much, compared to all the other dynamics involved, though of course it matters a bunch over the long run. Daniel Coco Tylo. Re. Habrica's excellent point about how maybe engineering isn't the bottleneck, maybe compute is instead. My impression is that roughly half the progress has come from increased compute and the other half from better algorithms. Going forward when I think concretely about the various limitations of current algorithms and pathways to overcome them which I am hesitant to go into detail about it sure does seem like there are still plenty of low and medium hanging fruit to pick, and then high hanging fruit beyond which would take decades for human scientists to get to but which can perhaps be reached much faster during an AI takeoff. I am on a capabilities team at OpenAI right now, and I think that we could be going something like 10x faster if we had the remote engineer thing I mentioned earlier. And I think this would probably apply across most of OpenAI research. This wouldn't accelerate our compute acquisition much at all, to be clear, but that won't stop a software singularity from happening. Davidson model backs this up, I think I'd guess that if you magically change it to keep hardware and compute progress constant, you still get a rapid R and D acceleration, just a somewhat slower one. I'd think differently if I thought that parameter count was just too damn low, like I used to think. If I was more excited about the human brain size comparison, I might think that nothing short of 100T parameters, trained according to Chinchilla also, could be AGI, and therefore that even if we had a remote engineer thinking at 10x speed we'd just eat up the low-hanging fruit and then stall while we waited for bigger computers to come online. But I don't think that. Ajaya Kotra Quoting Habrica 
On a compute-focused worldview, I feel a bit confused about how having additional AI engineers helps that much. Like, maybe this is a bit of a strawman, but my vibe is that there hasn't really been much architectural innovation or algorithmic progress in the last few years, and the dominant speedup has come from pouring more compute into existing architectures, with some changes to deal with the scale, but not huge ones. I think there haven't been flashy paradigm-shifting insights, but I strongly suspect each half-GPT was a hard-won effort on a lot of fronts, including both a lot of mundane architecture improvements, like implementing long contexts in less naive ways that don't incur quadratic cost, a lot of engineering to do the model parallelism and other BS that is required to train bigger models without taking huge GPU utilization hits, and a lot of post-training improvements to make usable nice products. Habrica. Ah, Jair. What you say seems right, but also the things you say also don't sound like the kind of thing that when you accelerate then 10x, then you get AGI 10x earlier. As you said, a lot of BS required to train large models, a lot of productization, but that doesn't speed up the semiconductor supply chain. The context length and GPU utilization thing feels most relevant. Ajaya Kotra. Quoting Habrica. Ah, Jair. What you say seems right, but also the things you say also don't sound like the kind of thing that when you accelerate then 10x, then you get AGI 10x earlier. As you said, a lot of BS required to train large models, a lot of productization, but that doesn't speed up the semiconductor supply chain. Yeah, TBC, I think there's a higher bar than Daniel thinks there is to speeding stuff up 10x for reasons like this. I do think that there's algorithm juice, like Daniel says, but I don't think that a system you look at and naively think wow this is basically doing OAI ML engineer-like things will actually lead to a full 10x speedup. 10x is a lot. I think you will eventually get the 10x, and then the 100x, but I'm picturing that happening after some ramp up where the first ML engineer-like systems get integrated into workflows, improve themselves, change workflows to make better use of themselves, etc. Quote. Quick comment re. In context learning and or low data learning, it seems to me that GPT-4 is already pretty good at coding and a big part of accelerating AIR and D seems very much in reach. End quote. Agree this is the strongest candidate for crazy impacts soon, which is why my two updates of maybe meta-learning isn't that important and therefore long-horizon training isn't as plausibly necessary and maybe I should just be obsessed with forecasting when we have the ML research engineer replacing system because after that point progress is very fast or heavily entangled. Daniel reacts plus one to this. Quote. Like, it doesn't seem to me like there is a 10-year, for order of magnitude training flop gap between GPT-4 and a system which is basically a remote OpenAI engineer that thinks at 10x serial speed. End quote. I don't know, 4. Order of magnitude is less than 2 GPTs, so we're talking less than GPT-6. Given how consistently I've been wrong about how well impressive capabilities in the lab will translate to high economic value since 2020, this seems roughly right to me. Daniel Coco Tylo Quoting Ajaya Kotra I don't know, 4. Order of magnitude is less than 2 GPTs, so we're talking less than GPT-6. Given how consistently I've been wrong about how well impressive capabilities in the lab will translate to high economic value since 2020, this seems roughly right to me.
I disagree with this update, I think the update should be it takes a lot of schlep and time for the kinks to be worked out and for products to find market fit rather than the systems aren't actually capable of this. Like, I bet if AI progress stopped now, but people continued to make apps and widgets using fine-tunes of various GPTs, there would be orders of magnitude more economic value being produced by AI in 2030 than today. And so I think that the AI labs will be using AI remote engineers much sooner than the general economy will be. Part of my view here is that around the time it is capable of being a remote engineer, the process of working out the kinks slash pushing through schlep will itself be largely automatable. Ej Erdil Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo Like, I bet if AI progress stopped now but people continued to make apps and widgets using fine-tunes of various GPTs, there would be orders of magnitude more economic value being produced by AI in 2030 than today. I'm skeptical we would get two orders of magnitude or more with just the current capabilities of AI systems, but I think even if you accept that, scaling from $1 billion per year to $100 billion per year is easier than from $100 billion per year to $10t slash year accelerating AI, R&D, by 2x seems more like the second change to me, or even bigger than that. Ajaya Kotra Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo and so I think that the AI labs will be using AI remote engineers much sooner than the general economy will be. Part of my view here is that around the time it is capable of being a remote engineer, the process of working out the kinks slash pushing through schlep will itself be largely automatable. I agree with this. Daniel Coco Tylo Yeah, I dunno. I pulled that out of my ass. Maybe two order of magnitude is more like the upper limit, given how much value there already is. I agree that going from X to 10X is easier than going from 10X to 100X, in general. I don't think that undermines my point though. I disagree with your claim that making AI progress go 2X faster is more like scaling from $100 billion to $10T, I think it depends on when it happens. Right now in our state of massive overhang and low-hanging fruit everywhere, making AI progress go 2x faster is easy. Also to clarify, when I said 10x faster, I meant 10x faster algorithmic progress. Compute progress won't accelerate by 10x obviously. But what this means is that I think we'll transition from a world where half or more of the progress is coming from scaling compute to a world where most of the progress is coming from algorithmic improvements slash pushing through schlep. Subheading. Do we expect transformative AI pre-overhang or post-overhang? Habrica. I think a hypothesis I have for a possible crux for a lot of the disagreement between Daniel and Ajayert is something like will we reach AGI before the compute overhang is over versus after? Like, in as much as we think we are in a compute overhang situation, there is an extremization that applies to people's timelines where if you will get there using just remaining capital and compute, you expect quite short timelines, but if you expect it will require faster chips or substantial algorithmic improvements, you expect longer, and with less probability mass in between. Curious about Daniel and Ajay are answering the question of what probability do you assign to AGI before we exhausted the current compute overhang versus after? Ajaya Kotra. Quote. What probability do you assign to AGI before we exhausted the current compute overhang versus 
after, end quote. I think there are different extremities of compute overhang. The most extreme one which will be exhausted most quickly is like previously these companies were training AI systems on what is essentially chump change, and now we're starting to get into a world where it's real money, and soon it will be really real money. I think within three to four years we'll be talking tens of billions for a training run. I think the probability we get drop-in replacements for 99% remotable jobs, regardless of whether we've rolled those drop-in replacements out everywhere, by then is something like, 25%? And then after that progress is still pretty compute-centric, but it moves slower because you're spending very real amounts of money, and you're impacting the entire supply chain. You need to build more data centers which come with new engineering challenges, more chip printing facilities, more fabs, more fab equipment manufacturing plans, etc. Daniel Coco Tylo. Re. Habrika, yes we disagree about whether the current overhang is enough. But the cruxes for this are the things we are already discussing. Habrika. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo. Re. Habrika, yes we disagree about whether the current overhang is enough. But the cruxes for this are the things we are already discussing. Cool, that makes sense. That does seem like it might exaggerate the perceived disagreements between the two of you when you just look at the graphs, though it's of course still highly decision relevant to dig deeper into whether this is true or not. Subheading. Hofstadter's law in AGI forecasting. Ajaya Kotra. TBC Daniel, I think we differ by a factor of two on the probability for your median scenario. I feel like a general structure of our disagreements have been like. You, Daniel, are saying a scenario that makes sense and which I place a lot of weight on, but it seems like there are other scenarios and it seems like your whole timetable leaves little room for Hofstadter's law. Ege Erdil Quoting Ajaya Kotra I feel like a general structure of our disagreements have been like. You, Daniel, are saying a scenario that makes sense and which I place a lot of weight on, but it seems like there are other scenarios and it seems like your whole timetable leaves little room for Hofstadter's law. I think this also applies to the disagreement between me and Ajair. Daniel Coco Tylo A thing that would change my mind is if I found other scenarios more plausible. Wanna sketch some? Regarding Hofstadter's law, a possible crux between us is that you both seem to think it applies on timescales of decades a multiplicative factor on timelines, whereas I think it's more like add three years. Right? Ege Erdil. Quote. Re. Hofstadter's law. A possible crux between us is that you both seem to think it applies on timescales of decades a multiplicative factor on timelines whereas I think it's more like add three years. Right? End quote. Yes, in general, that's how I would update my timelines about anything to be longer, not just AGI. The additive method seems pretty bad to me unless you have some strong domain-specific reason to think you should be making an additive update. Daniel Coco Tylo. Quoting E. Jerdil. Yes, in general, that's how I would update my timelines about anything to be longer, not just AGI. The additive method seems pretty bad to me unless you have some strong domain-specific reason to think you should be making an additive update. Excellent. 
So my reason for doing the additive method is that I think Hofstadter's law, slash schlep, slash etc. is basically the planning fallacy, and it applies when your forecast is based primarily on imagining a series of steps being implemented. It does not apply when your forecast is based primarily on extrapolating trends. Like, you wouldn't look at a graph of exponential progress in Moore's law or solar power or whatever and then be like, but to account for Hofstadter's law I will assume things take twice as long as I expect, therefore instead of extrapolating the trendline straight I will cut its slope by half. And when it comes to AGI timelines, I think that the shorter timeline scenarios look more subject to the planning fallacy, whereas the longer timeline scenarios look more like extrapolating trends. So in a sense I'm doing the multiplicative method, but only on the shorter worlds. Like, when I say 2027 as my median, that's kinda because I can actually quite easily see it happening in 2025, but things take longer than I expect, so I double it. I'm open to being convinced that I'm not taking this into account enough and should shift my timelines back a few years more. However, I find it very implausible that I should add for example 15 years to my median because of this. Subheading. Summary of where we are at so far and exploring additional directions. Habrica. We've been going for a while and it might make sense to take a short step back. Let me try to summarize where we are at. We've been mostly focusing on the disagreement between Ajer and Daniel. It seems like one core theme in the discussion has been the degree to which reality has a lot of detail and kinks need to be figured out before AI systems are actually useful. Ajayar currently thinks that while it is true that AGI companies will have access to these tools earlier, there still will be a lot of stuff to figure out before you actually have a system equivalent to a current OAI engineer. Daniel made a similar update in noticing a larger-than-he-expected delay in the transition from having all the stuff necessary to make a more capably system, like architecture, compute, training setup and actually producing a more capable system. However, it's also not clear how much this actually explains the differences in the timelines for the two of you. We briefly touched on compute overhangs being a thing that's very relevant to both of your distributions, in that Daniel assigns substantially higher probability to a very high R&D speedup before the current overhang is exhausted, which pushes his probability mass a bunch earlier. And correspondingly Ajayar's timelines are pretty sensitive to relatively small changes in compute requirements on the margin, since that would push a bunch of probability mass into the pre-overhang world. Ajaya Kotra I'll put in a meta note here that I think it's pretty challenging to argue about a 25% versus a 50% on the Daniel scenario, that is literally one bit of evidence one of us sees that the other doesn't. It seems like Daniel thinks I need stronger argument slash evidence than I have to be at 25% instead of 50%, but it's easy to find one bit somewhere and hard to argue about whether it really is one bit. Subheading. Exploring conversational directions. Daniel Coco Tylo. In case interested, here are some possible conversation topics slash starters. One, I could give a scenario in which AGI happens by some very soon date, for example December 2024 or 2026, and then we could talk about what parts of the scenario are most unlikely, roughly equals what parts would cause the biggest updates to us if we observed them happening. 2. Someone without secrecy concerns, that is someone not working at OpenAI, that is Ajayar or Edge or Habrika, 
could sketch what they think they would aim to have built by 2030 if they were in charge of a major AI lab and were gunning for AGI ASAP. Parameter count, training, flop, etc. taken from standard projections, but then more details like what the training process and data would look like etc. Then we could argue about what this system would be capable of and what it would be incapable of, for example, how fast would it speed up AI R and D compared to today. 2.5, as above except for convenience, we use Steinhardt's, what will GPT-2030 look like? And factor the discussion into, a, will GPT-2030 be capable of the things he claims it will be capable of, and, b, will that cause a rapid acceleration of AI R and D leading shortly to AGI? 3. Edge or Ajayer could sketch a scenario in which the year 2035 comes and goes without AGI, despite there being no AI progress slowdown, no ban, no heavy regulation, no disruptive war, etc. Then I could say why I think such a scenario is implausible, and we could discuss more generally what that world looks like. Ajaya Kotra Quote On Daniel's 4 Topics 1. I could give a scenario in which AGI happens by some very soon date, for example December 2024 or 2026, and then we could talk about what parts of the scenario are most unlikely, roughly equals what parts would cause the biggest updates to us if we observed them happening. End quote. I suspect I'll be like yep, seems plausible, and my probability on it coming to pass is 2-5x smaller. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo. 2. Someone without secrecy concerns, that is someone not working at OpenAI, that is Ajayer or Edge or Habrika, could sketch what they think they would aim to have built by 2030 if they were in charge of a major AI lab and were gunning for AGI ASAP. Parameter count, training, flop, etc. taken from standard projections, but then more details like what the training process and data would look like etc. Then we could argue about what this system would be capable of and what it would be incapable of, for example, how fast would it speed up AI R and D compared to today. I could do this if people thought it would be useful. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo. 2.5, as above except for convenience, we use Steinhardt's, what will GPT-2030 look like? And factor the discussion into, a, will GPT-2030 be capable of the things he claims it will be capable of, and, b, will that cause a rapid acceleration of AI R and D leading shortly to AGI? I like this blog post but I feel like it's quite tame compared to what both Daniel and I think is plausible so not sure if it's the best thing to anchor on. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo. 3. Edge or Ajayer could sketch a scenario in which the year 2035 comes and goes without AGI, despite there being no AI progress slowdown, no ban, no heavy regulation, no disruptive war, etc. Then I could say why I think such a scenario is implausible, and we could discuss more generally what that world looks like. I can do this if people thought it would be useful. Subheading. Each median world. Each Erdil. My median world looks something like this. We keep scaling compute until we hit training runs at a size of 1 times 10 to the power of 28 to 1 times 10 to the power of 30 flop in maybe 5 to 10 years, and after that scaling becomes increasingly difficult because of us running up against supply constraints. Software progress continues but slows down along with compute scaling. 
However, the overall economic impact of AI continues to grow. We have individual AI labs in 10 years that might be doing on the order of for example $30 billion per year in revenue. We also get more impressive capabilities. Maybe AI systems can get gold on the IMO in 5 years, we get more reliable image generation, GPTN can handle more complicated kinds of coding tasks without making mistakes, stuff like that. So in 10 years AI systems are just pretty valuable economically, but I expect the AI industry to look more like today's tech industry, valuable but not economically transformative. This is mostly because I don't expect just putting 1 times 10 to the power of 30 flop of training compute into a system will be enough to get AI systems that can substitute for humans on most or all tasks of the economy. However, I would not be surprised by a mild acceleration of overall economic growth driven by the impact of AI. Ajaya Kotra Quoting E. Jerdil this is mostly because I don't expect just putting 1 times 10 to the power of 30 flop of training compute into a system will be enough to get AI systems that can substitute for humans on most or all tasks of the economy. To check, do you think that having perfect EMS of some productive human would be transformative, a la the duplicator? If so, what is the main reason you don't think a sufficiently bigger training run would lead to something of that level of impact? Is this related to the savannah to boardroom generalization slash human level learning of new things point I raised previously? Ej Erdil Quoting Ajaya Kotra To check, do you think that having perfect EMS of some productive human would be transformative, a la the duplicator? Eventually, yes, but even there I expect substantial amounts of delay, median of a few years, maybe as long as a decade, because people won't immediately start using the technology. Quoting Ajaya Kotra. If so, what is the main reason you don't think a sufficiently bigger training run would lead to something of that level of impact? Is this related to the savannah to boardroom generalization slash human level learning of new things point I raised previously? I think that's an important part of it, yes. I expect the systems we'll have in 10 years will be really good at some things with some bizarre failure modes and domains where they lack competence. My example of GPT-4 not being able to play tic-tac-toe is rather anecdotal, but I would worry about other things of a similar nature when we actually want these systems to replace humans throughout the economy. Daniel Coco Tylo Quoting E. Jerdil Eventually, yes, but even there I expect substantial amounts of delay, median of a few years, maybe as long as a decade, because people won't immediately start using the technology. Interestingly, I think in the case of EMS, this is more plausible than in the case of normal AGI. Because normal AGI will be more easily extendable to superhuman levels. Ajaya Kotra For what it's worth I think the kind of AGI you and I are imagining as the most plausible first AGI is pretty janky, and the main way I see it improving stuff is by doing normal MLRND, not galaxy-brained editing its own source code by hand stuff. The normal AI RND could be done by all the EMS too. It depends on where the AI is at when you imagine dropping EMS into the scenario. Daniel Coco Tylo I agree with that. The John Keenness is a point in my favor, because it means there's lots of room to grow by ironing out the kinks. Overall Edge, thanks for writing that scenario. Here are some questions slash requests for elaboration. 
1. So in your median world, when do we finally get to AGI, and what changes, between 2030 and then, that accounts for the difference? 2. I take it that in this scenario, despite getting IMO gold etc., the systems of 2030 are not able to do the work of today's OAI engineer? Just clarifying. Can you say more about what goes wrong when you try to use them in such a role? Or do you think that AI R and D will indeed benefit from automated engineers, but that AI progress will be bottlenecked on compute or data or insights or something that won't be accelerating? 3. What about AI takeover? Suppose an AI lab in 2030, in your median scenario, goes rogue and decides fuck it, let's just deliberately make an unaligned power-seeking AGI and then secretly put it in charge of the whole company. What happens then? Each Erdil. Quote. 1. So in your median world, when do we finally get to AGI, and what changes between 2030 and then that accounts for the difference? 2. I take it that in this scenario, despite getting MO gold etc. the systems of 2030 are not able to do the work of today's remote OA engineer? Just clarifying. Can you say more about what goes wrong when you try to use them in such a role? Or do you think that AI, R&D will indeed benefit from automated engineers, but that AI progress will be bottlenecked on compute or data or insights or something that won't be accelerating? 3. What about AI takeover? Suppose an AI lab in 2030, in your median scenario, goes rogue and decides, fuck it, let's just deliberately make an unaligned power-seeking AGI and then secretly put it in charge of the whole company. What happens then? End quote. 1. I'm sufficiently uncertain about this that I don't expect my median world to be particularly representative of the range of outcomes I consider plausible, especially when it comes to giving a date. What I expect to happen is a boring process of engineering that gradually irons out the kinks of the systems, gradual hardware progress allowing bigger training runs, better algorithms allowing for better in-context learning, and many other similar things. As this continues, I expect to see AIs substituting for humans on more and more tasks in the economy, until at some point AIs become superior to humans across the board. 2. AI R&D will benefit from AI systems, but they won't automate everything an engineer can do. I think when you try to use the systems in practical situations, they might lose coherence over long chains of thought, or be unable to effectively debug non-performant complex code, or not be able to have as good intuitions about which research directions would be promising, etc. In 10 years I fully expect many people in the economy to substantially benefit from AI systems, and AI engineers probably more than most. 3. I don't think anything notable would happen. I don't believe the AI systems of 2030 will be capable enough to manage an AI lab. Ajaya Kotra I think Edge's median world is plausible, just like Daniel's median world. I think my probability on Edge world or more chill than that is lower than my probability on Daniel world or less chill than that. Earlier I said 25% on Daniel or crazier, I think I'm at 15% on Edge or less crazy. Daniel Coco Tylo Re. The fuck it scenario. What I'm interested in here is what skills you think the system would be lacking, that would make it fail. Like right now for example, we had a baby version of this with Chaos GPT-4, which lacked strategic judgment and also had a very high mistakes-to-ability-to-recover-from-mistakes ratio, 
and also started from a bad position, being constantly monitored, zero human allies. So all it did was make some hilarious tweets and get shut down. Ajaya Kotra Edge, do you think you'd update if you saw a demonstration of sophisticated sample-efficient in-context learning and far-off distribution transfer? For example, suppose some AI system was trained to learn new video games. Each RL episode was it being shown a video game it had never seen, and it's supposed to try to play it. Its reward is the score it gets. Then after training the system, you show it a whole new type of video game it has never seen, maybe it was trained on platformers and point-and-click adventures and visual novels, and now you show it a first-person shooter for the first time. Suppose it could get decent at the first-person shooter after like a subjective hour of messing around with it. If you saw that demo in 2025, how would that update your timelines? Ej Erdil Quoting Ajaya Kotra Edge, do you think you'd update if you saw a demonstration of sophisticated sample-efficient in-context learning and far-off distribution transfer? Yes. Quoting Ajaya Kotra Suppose it could get decent at the first-person shooter after like a subjective hour of messing around with it. If you saw that demo in 2025, how would that update your timelines? I would probably update substantially towards agreeing with you. Daniel Coco Tylo. Quote. 1. I'm sufficiently uncertain about this that I don't expect my median world to be particularly representative of the range of outcomes I consider plausible, especially when it comes to giving a date. What I expect to happen is a boring process of engineering which gradually irons out the kinks of the systems, gradual hardware progress allowing bigger training runs, better algorithms allowing for better in-context learning, and many other similar things. As this continues, I expect to see AIs substituting for humans on more and more tasks in the economy, until at some point AIs become superior to humans across the board. End quote. Your median is post-2060 though. So I feel like you need to justify why this boring process of engineering is going to take 30 more years after 2030. Why 30 years and not 300? Indeed, why not 3? Quoting E. Jerdil. Two AI R&D will benefit from AI systems, but they won't automate everything an engineer can do. I think when you try to use the systems in practical situations, they might lose coherence over long chains of thought, or be unable to effectively debug non-performant complex code, or not be able to have as good intuitions about which research directions would be promising, etc. In 10 years I fully expect many people in the economy to substantially benefit from AI systems, and AI engineers probably more than most. How much do you think they'll be automating slash speeding things up? Can you give an example of a coding task such that, if AIs can do that coding task by, say, 2025, you'll update significantly towards shorter timelines, on the grounds that they are by 2025 doing things you didn't expect to be doable by 2030? My position is that all of these deficiencies exist in current systems, but, a, will rapidly diminish over the next few years, and, b, aren't strong blockers to progress anyway. For example, even if they don't have good research taste, they can still speed things up substantially just by doing the engineering and cutting through the schlep. Ej Erdil. Quoting Daniel Coco Tylo.
Your median is post-2060 though. So I feel like you need to justify why this boring process of engineering is going to take 30 more years after 2030. Why 30 years and not 300? Indeed, why not 3? I don't think it's going to take roughly 30, really 40 per the distribution I submitted, years after 2030, that's just my median. I think there's a one-third chance it takes more than 75 and one-fifth chance it takes more than 175. If you're asking me to justify why my median is around 2065, I think this is not really that easy to do as I'm essentially just expressing the betting odds I would accept based on intuition. Formalizing it is tricky, but I think I could say I don't find it that plausible the problem of building AI is so hard that we won't be able to do it even after 300 years of hardware and software progress. Just the massive scaling up of compute we could get from hardware progress and economic growth over that kind of timescale would enable things that look pretty infeasible over the next 20 or 30 years. Subheading. Far-off distribution transfer. Habrica. The edge-slash-Ajir point about far-off distribution transfer seem like an interesting maybe-crux, so let's go into that for a bit. My guess is Ajayar has pretty high probability that that kind of distribution transfer will happen within the next few years and very likely the next decade? Ajayakotra Yeah, for what it's worth I think the savannah to boardroom transfer stuff is probably underlying past Eliezer, not sure about current Eliezer, and also a lot of stochastic parrot-style skeptics. I think it's a good point under-discussed by the short timelines crowd, though I don't think it's decisive. Quoting Habrica. My guess is Ajayar has pretty high probability that that kind of distribution transfer will happen within the next few years and very likely the next decade? Actually, I'm pretty unsure and slightly lean toward no. I just think it'll take a lot of hard work to make up for the weaknesses of not having transfer this good. Paul has a good unpublished Google Doc titled Doing Without Transfer. I think by the time systems are transformative enough to massively accelerate AIR&D, they will still not be that close to savannah to boardroom level transfer, but it will be fine because they will be trained on exactly what we wanted them to do for us. This by the way also underlies some lower risk level intuitions I have relative to Miri Crowd. Habrica. Quoting Ajaya Kotra. Actually, I'm pretty unsure, and slightly lean toward no. Oh, huh, that is really surprising to me. But good to have that clarified. Ajaya Kotra Yeah, I just think the way we get our OAI engineer replacing Thinji is going to be radically different cognitively than human OAI engineers, and that it will have coding instincts honed through ancestral memory the way grizzly bears have salmon-catching instincts baked into them through their ancestral memory. For example, if you give it a body, I don't think it'd learn super quickly to catch antelope in the savanna, the way a baby human cave person could learn to code if you transported them to today. But it's salient to me that this might just leave a bunch of awkward gaps, since we're trying to make do with systems holistically less intelligent than humans, but just more specialized to coding, writing, and so on. This is why I think the edge world is plausible. I also dislike using the term AGI for this reason. Or rather, I think there is a thing people have in mind by AGI which makes sense, but it will come deep into the singularity, after the earlier transformative AI systems that are not AGI in this sense. Ej Erdil 
Quoting Ajaya Kotra. I also dislike using the term AGI for this reason. In my median world, the term AGI also becomes increasingly meaningless because different ways people have operationalized criteria for what counts as AGI and what doesn't begin to come apart. For example, we have AIs that can pass the Turing test for casual conversation, even if judges can ask about recent events, but these AIs can't be plugged in to do an ordinary job in the economy. Ajaya Kotra Quoting E. Jerdil in my median world, the term AGI also becomes increasingly meaningless because different ways people have operationalized criteria for what counts as AGI and what doesn't begin to come apart. For example, we have AIs that can pass the Turing test for casual conversation, even if judges can ask about recent events, but these AIs can't be plugged in to do an ordinary job in the economy. Yes, I'm very sympathetic to this kind of thing, which is why I like TI, and it's related to the fact that I think we'll first have grizzly bears of coding, not generally intelligent beings. But it bites much less in my view because it's all much more compressed and there's a pretty shortish period of a few years where all plausible things people could mean by AGI are achieved, including the algorithm that has savanna to boardroom level transfer. Subheading a concrete scenario and where its surprises are. Daniel Coco Tylo. We can delete this hook later if no one bites, but in case someone does, here's a scenario I think it would be productive to discuss. 1. Q1 2024. A bigger, better model than GPT-4 is released by some lab. It's multimodal. It can take a screenshot as input and output, not just tokens, but keystrokes and mouse clicks and images. Just like with GPT-4 versus GPT-3.5 versus GPT-3, it turns out to have new emergent capabilities. Everything GPT-4 can do, it can do better, but there are also some qualitatively new things that it can do, though not super reliably, that GPT-4 couldn't do. 2. Q3 2024. Said model is fine-tuned to be an agent. It was already better at being strapped into an auto-GPT harness than GPT-4 was, so it was already useful for some things, but now it's being trained on tons of data to be a general-purpose assistant agent. Lots of people are raving about it. It's like another chat GPT moment. People are using it for all the things they used chat GPT for but then also a bunch more stuff. Unlike ChatGPT, you can just leave it running in the background, working away at some problem or task for you. It can write docs and edit them and fact-check them. It can write code and then debug it. 3. Q1, 2025. Same as, 1, all over again. An even bigger model, even better. Also, it's not just AutoGPT harness now, it's some more sophisticated harness that someone invented. Also, it's good enough to play board games and some video games decently on the first try. 4. Q3 2025. Okay, now things are getting serious. The kinks have generally been worked out. This newer model is being continually trained on oodles of data from a huge base of customers. They have it do all sorts of tasks and it tries and sometimes fails and sometimes succeeds and is trained to succeed more often. Gradually the set of tasks it can do reliably expands, over the course of a few months. It doesn't seem to top out. Progress is sorta continuous now even as the new year comes, there's no plateauing, the system just keeps learning new skills as the training data accumulates.
Now many millions of people are basically treating it like a coworker and virtual assistant. People are giving it their passwords and such and letting it handle life admin tasks for them, help with shopping, etc., and of course, quite a lot of code is being written by it. Researchers at Big AGI Labs swear by it, and rumor is that the next version of the system, which is already beginning training, won't be released to the public because the lab won't want their competitors to have access to it. Already there are claims that typical researchers and engineers at AGI Labs are approximately doubled in productivity because they mostly have to just oversee and manage and debug the lightning-fast labor of their AI assistant. And it's continually getting better at doing said debugging itself. 5. Q1, 2026. The next version comes online. It is released, but it refuses to help with ML research. Leaks indicate that it doesn't refuse to help with ML research internally, and in fact is heavily automating the process at its parent corporation. It's basically doing all the work by itself. The humans are basically just watching the metrics go up and making suggestions and trying to understand the new experiments it's running and architectures it's proposing. 6. Q3 2026 Superintelligent AGI Happens, by whatever definition is your favorite. And you see it with your own eyes. Question. Suppose this scenario happens. What does your credence in AGI by 2027 look like at each of the six stages? For example, what are the biggest updates, and why? My own first pass on confident answer is. 0, 50%. 150%. 265%. 370%. 490%. 595%. 6 100%. Kotra. Quoting Daniel Coco Tilo. 3, Q1, 2025. Same as, 1, all over again. An even bigger model, even better. Also, it's not just AutoGPT harness now, it's some more sophisticated harness that someone invented. Also, it's good enough to play board games and some video games decently on the first try. I don't know how much I care about this, not zero, but I think someone with Edge's views should care a lot about how it was trained. Was it trained on a whole bunch of very similar board games and video games? How much of a distance of transfer is this, if Savannah to boardroom is 100? Ej Erdil for what it's worth I interpreted this literally. We have some bigger model like ChatGPT that can play some games decently on the first try, and conditional on, too, my median world has those games being mostly stuff similar to what it's seen before. So I'm not assuming much evidence of transfer from, too, only some mild amount. Habrica. Yeah, let's briefly if people try to give probability estimates here, though my model of edge feels like the first few stages have a ton of ambiguity in their operationalization, which will make it hard to answer in concrete probabilities. Ajaya Kotra. Plus one, I also find the ambiguity makes answering this hard. I'll wait for edge to answer first. Ej Erdil. Re. Daniel, according to my best interpretation of his steps. 0, 6%. 1, 6%. 2, 12%. 3, 15%. 4, 30%. 5, 95%.
six one hundred percent. Ajaya Kotra. Okay, here's my answer. Zero twenty percent. One twenty-eight percent. Two thirty-seven percent. Three fifty percent. Four seventy-five percent. Five eighty-seven percent. Six one hundred percent. My updates are spread out pretty evenly because the whole scenario seems qualitatively quite plausible, and most of my uncertainty is simply whether it will take more scale or more schlep at each stage than is laid out here, including stuff like making it more reliable for a combo of PR and regulation and usable product reasons. Daniel Coco Tylo. Thanks both. I am excited about this for a few reasons. One, I think it might help to focus the discussion on the parts of the story that are biggest updates for you, and also on the parts that are importantly ambiguous. I'm curious to hear about those, and two, because as the next three years unfold, we'll be able to compare what happens to this scenario. Ej Erdil. Unfortunately, I think the scenarios are vague enough that, as a practical matter, it will be tricky to adjudicate or decide whether they've happened or not. Daniel Coco Tylo. I agree, but I still think it's worthwhile to do this. Also, this was just a hastily written scenario. I'd love to improve it and make it more precise, and I'm all ears for suggestions. Ajaya Kotra. Edge, I'm surprised you're at 95% at stage 5, given that stage 5's description is just that AI is doing a lot of AI R&D and leaks suggest it's going fast. If your previous timelines were several decades, then I'd think even with non-godlike AI systems speeding up R&D it should take like a decade? Ej Erdil. I think once you're at step 5 it's overwhelmingly likely that you already have AGI. The key sentence for me is, it's basically doing all the work by itself, I have a hard time imagining worlds where an AI can do basically all of the work of running an AI lab by itself but AGI has still not been achieved. If the AI's role is more limited than this, then my update from 4 to 5 would be much smaller. Ajaya Kotra I thought Daniel said it was doing all the MLR&D by itself, and the humans were managing it, the AIs are in the role of ICs and the humans are in the role of managers at a tech company. I don't think it's obvious that just because some AI systems can pretty autonomously do MLR&D, they can pretty autonomously do everything, and I would have expected your view to agree with me more there. Though maybe you think that if it's doing MLR&D autonomously, it must have intense transfer slash in-context learning and so it's almost definitely across the board superhuman? Ej Erdil. If it's only doing the R&D, then I would be lower than 95% and the exact probability I give for AGI just depends on what that is supposed to mean. That's an important ambiguity in the operationalization Daniel gives, in my opinion. In particular, if you have a system that can somehow basically automate AI, R&D, but is unable to take over the other tasks involved in running an AI lab, that's something I don't expect and would push me far below the 95% forecast I provided above. In this case, I might only update upwards by some small amount based on, 4, right arrow, 5, or maybe not at all. Subheading. Overall summary, takeaways, and next steps. Habrica. Here is a summary of the discussion so far. 
Daniel made an argument against Hofstadter's law for trend extrapolation and we discussed the validity of that for a bit. A key thing that has come up as an interesting crux-slash-observation is that Edge and Ajayar both don't expect a massive increase in transfer learning ability in the next few years. For Edge this matters a lot because it's one of the top reasons why AI will not speed up the economy and AI development that much. Ajayar thinks we can probably speed up AI R&D anyways by making Grizzly Bear like AI that doesn't have transfer as good as humans, but is just really good at ML engineering and AI R&D because it was directly trained to be. This makes observing substantial transfer learning a pretty relevant crux for Edge and Ajayar in the next few years slash decades. Edge says he'd have timelines more similar to Ajayar's if he observed this. Daniel and Ajayar both think that the most plausible scenario is grizzly bear-like AI with subhuman transfer but human level or superhuman ML engineering skills, but while Daniel thinks it'll be relatively fast to work with the grizzly bear AIs to massively accelerate R&D, Ajayar thinks that the lower-than-human-level general intelligence forward-slash-transfer will be a hindrance in a number of little ways, making her think it's plausible we'll need bigger models and or more schlep. If Ajayar saw extreme transfer work out, she'd update more toward thinking everything will be fast and easy, and thus have Daniel-like timelines, even though Daniel himself doesn't consider extreme transfer to be a crux for him. Daniel and Edge try to elicit what concretely Edge expects to happen over the coming decades when AI progress continues but doesn't end up that transformative. Edge expects that AI will have a large effect on the economy, but assigns a substantial amount of probability on persistent deficiencies that prevent it from fully automating AI R&D or very substantially accelerating semiconductor progress. Ajayar, Daniel and Edge all thumbs up this summary. Ajaya Kotra Okay, thanks everyone, heading out. Habrika. Thank you, Ajayer. Daniel Coco Tylo. Yes, thanks, Ajayer Edge and Oliver. Super fun. Habrika. Thinking about future discussions on this topic, I think putting probabilities on the scenario that Daniel outlined was a bit hard given the limited time we had but I quite like the idea of doing a more parallelized and symmetric version of this kind of thing where multiple participants output a concrete sequence of events, and then have other people forecast how they would update on each of those observations, which does seem like a fun way to elicit disagreements and cruxes. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on November 10, 2023. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.